welcome. Welcome. We trust that from wherever you're watching today, that you will have a sense of connection with our PBC family. We're really looking forward to the service today mm. as we worship together. We hear Mustafa's story and Trav brings God's word to us. Hey, I just want to do a quick plug to all of the women and girls in our church for our upcoming Tea with the Girls afternoon yes. on 15th of August in people's homes. I'm really looking forward mm, just to too. spending the afternoon with a, some, making some new friends and, um, and catching up with some old um, people that I know as well. So we'd love you to join us and uh, all you need to do, register through the e-newsletter or you can phone the church office and, um, and Joe will register you. Hey, there's been so much happening in our, our church this past mm. week. Joe, tell us what's been happening. Well, Daniel Tuckwell has created a fantastic mural on the brick wall just near the children's playground. It is so good. He's done a fantastic job. Yeah, so so do come and have a look at it if you get the chance. It's also um, a sad week because uh, Rob and Beck Hart are leaving tomorrow to move to Orange. Hi, guys. Uh, Yeah, this is the Hart family here. We just wanted to wish you all farewell. And it's going to be very sad, but um, we've really enjoyed the last few years being at PBC and we've been so encouraged by everyone at the church um, in every way, especially during our time having uh, the two boys. Um, there's been so many people who've been uh, so generous to us um, with um, their resources and their time um, for us. And we just want to thank you so much uh, for all of that. And um, a special big thank you to the pastoral team and um, everyone there who have just been the biggest support um, to us and the biggest encouragement uh, spiritually, emotionally, and um, we are going to miss everyone so much. And off to the cold we go. <laughs> yeah, please be in prayer for us as we move to Orange, just that we'll um, settle in well with our boys um, and that we'll find a new church quickly. Um, that would be wonderful. Thanks, guys. So we wish them all the best and, and pray for them as they start a, a new community, a new um, church and, and a new life in Orange. And we've also had it on our heart of so many people in our congregation at the moment who are going through a tough time. So will you join us now in, in praying for people that you know of in our church family who really need prayer at the moment? So if you want to just put your hand out, pretend you've got it on their shoulder and, and let's pray together. So Heavenly Father, we just thank you that you are with us and that you are for us. Lord, we lift up to you those in our church family who are really going through a tough time. Lord, you know their circumstances and we thank you that you are walking with them and that you will never, ever leave their side. Lord, we pray for your strength. We pray for your peace. We pray for your wisdom, your healing, your provision and your protection over each one of them, Lord. May they see your hand at work and may they... Just feel your presence and know your love each and every day. And Lord, we just lift them all up to you in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Saviour. Amen. Amen. Let's worship the Lord together. Thanks, Nicole. Who else can make? 
Lord, we just thank you um, that you are the God who uh, commands hosts of heaven and um, is able to make fire uh, rush and roar uh, and consume all things, Lord. But we just also thank you that you um, are the one who sent your son uh, and the one who invites us into your family um, to welcome us um, uh, with open arms, um, and no matter what it is that we have done and no matter what it is that we are facing, Lord, you are the one who... Um, sent your son um, for such a beautiful um, uh, connection with us.
the greatest joys that I have in ministry are introducing people to Jesus uh, and also introducing people to other people. And so today I'd love to introduce you to Mustafa. Been part of our church for about 12 months. Yeah. And uh, you're going to share some of your story with us today. So we thank you very much for that. Yeah, pleasure. Yeah, thank you for having me. Now, the first time that you heard uh, anything from the Bible was in university. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What was the context of that? I studied English literature, and um, I never forget, I had a very dear uh, professor, and uh, he taught me a lot of gay beautiful lessons. But one that I never forget is uh, one passage that we uh, studied together, and it was Songs of Solomon, or the other name is Song of Songs. Yes. Um, apparently, on a, a surface level, <coughs> it may uh, sound us all about physical, sensual love, but... Later on, after my professor okay, explained it to me, okay, or every student, okay, we realized that it's far deeper than that, and it's actually uh, about the love of okay, uh, Jesus and church, the true divine love between mm-hmm. these two. Okay. Yeah. And it really hit me. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So that's a beautiful that's first a introduction, point, yeah. isn't it? Exactly. The, you get yeah, this experience of the love of Christ. Strong, powerful message. Yeah. yeah. Uh, from Iran, you moved to Armenia for work, and there, a colleague that you worked with uh, was actually a a Christian. This is the first Christian that you had experienced. Uh, What was she like, and and, and what did you experience of Christ through her? Yeah, I'll say uh, it was my second big, or second biggest turning point. Uh, For some reason, I had to represent uh, a new school in uh, Armenia, and uh, alongside, as I was looking for a place, um, I happened to meet these lovely people, yeah, especially this uh, Armenian girl. She helped me a lot in finding a place, and then I rela- uh, realized that she was a, a Christian. I didn't have mm, enough or sufficient uh, knowledge about Christianity. And uh, she invited me a couple of times to church. She was going, and uh, the first time I stepped in that church, okay, I was really uh, deeply, deeply affected by the divine tranquility, by the divine atmosphere. Uh, I had seen a lot of Cape um, churches, but I hadn't seriously engaged. And uh, and uh, after we spent a couple of times okay, together, and uh, I was invited to their home a few times, and she was reading Bible, and I was asking questions about the book, and what is the content of this Bible, and what's it all about? And she tried to explain okay, to me, and I uh, got more and more interested and passionate to know more about okay, mm-hmm. uh, the character of Jesus, uh, all the messages, all the good stories that are going on in the Old Testament and New Testament. And so, yeah, mm-hmm. I really fell in love and kept going. Yeah. Yeah. And that sense of peace you described um, was, was an experience you had in other churches as well, you shared with Absolutely, me. Absolutely, yeah. From Armenia, let's let's come across to Australia then. And at this stage, uh, you, you're a very spiritual person and, and, and have been from a young age. I understand that. But uh, you came across to Australia uh, your, for your wife's PhD studies. Um, but it was when you were working as an English teacher mm-hmm. um, that you came across a student who, who then introduced you a bit more to Jesus. Yeah, uh, how did that take place? Okay, we quite often had discussion about God and the purpose of life for the students, but... Uh, one day, this Persian student, Iranian student, okay, uh, stepped in my class, and we had lessons. And uh, at the end of every lesson, we used to sit together and uh, discuss about okay, the God creation, the comparison between Islam and Christianity. And at the end of the day, he invited me. Okay, when he saw the passion inside me for Christianity, knowing more, 
he invited me to the church he was going. And there, okay, I got to learn a lot more about okay, Bible, the difference between all the New Testament, the character of the Jesus, the life. And uh, there, okay, actually, I truly okay, fell in love. I couldn't leave it. And I decided to give my life to Christ, and I was baptized there and then. Beautiful. What was it about Jesus that drew you to him? What really okay, um, drew me to the character of Jesus Christ was, uh, first of all, his love. He's the true manifestation of love. And the uh, second mm, great thing that attracted me to his character was, when you look at all the different religions and denominations, uh, in those religions you have to do a lot of work, and then uh, at the end of the day you have to go to God and have a conversation with God, and uh, you never know, okay, God is accepting you or not, okay? You are there. But when it comes to character of Jesus Christ, it's exactly the opposite, okay? Uh, he knew that you cannot do it okay, on your own. So he welcomes you, invites you, and then walks you along the paths of salvation salvation with you along the way. Yeah, he does. That's, that's, just, that's, that's grace, isn't it? Not that's by grace. works, but exactly. by grace, by faith that's in Jesus goodness. Christ. Yeah. Yeah. You don't need to, to work hard to. So. Yeah. Now, this has been a difficult season uh, for you, as it has been with many people. Um, your job as a teacher has been impacted um, because of uh, not as many English uh, people looking to learn English from overseas. Um, you have a son in year 12, so there's been a, a lot of pressure on you as a family. Uh, how have you found peace in this time? Uh, well, of course, like anybody else, it's very tough time okay, with me too, especially immigrating to Australia, having nobody to support. But I used to be a worrywart. I used to worry about every single thing. But after I gave my life to get Christ and uh, continued okay, investigating more and learning more about Christianity, what I learned is you cannot do Okay, anything or you can overcome your problems on your own. So, as Jesus Christ says, okay, leave it to me. And okay, you have to give the burden, put the burden on his shoulder. And that's what he did for all of us. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was a blessing in this class. Okay, I have a lot of issues and problems, but I realized I don't see them as a problem. I see them as a blessing, blessing in this class. They are helping me to get to know okay, more and more about the character of Jesus Christ and bottom line God. Yeah, amen to that. Amen. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much, Mustafa. If you would like to hear more of Mustafa's story, you can actually find him if you're part of the life of our church. But we also have recorded a longer version of this interview, and you'll be able to find that on our YouTube channel as well. Thank you once again. Really Pleasure appreciate it. Bless thanks. You. Thanks so much. Today's reading is from Romans chapter 5, verses 1 to 5. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith... We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. Stage one would see uh, that in enclosed spaces uh, for gatherings in the following uh, facilities uh, to be closed as of midday tomorrow. Registered and licensed clubs. Entertainment venues and cinemas, casinos 
and nightclubs, indoor sporting venues, places of worship. Let's be honest, this year has not gone according to plan so far. Well, at least according to my plan. Anyway, don't know about yours. You know, as a pastor for Sunday services at PBC, not being allowed to have Sunday services as we know them was not in my strategic planning uh, for 2020. Um, and while we can joke about uh, the past four months and all that has held, and we can certainly find the silver lining in the dark cloud that is coronavirus and all that it's brought to our lives and our world, the reality is that for many of us, the past four months have been hard, like really hard. And it's actually right to grieve some of the things that we've lost. And at the same time, we want to make the most of what God is at work doing in this time. Look, one of the unexpected things that has happened is, I'm not sure if you've caught up on on this, is that PBC has suddenly become a network of home churches, right? Unexpected and kind of cool. Uh, so I actually want to make the most of that today and lead a discussion in your home, if that's okay. So there'll be multiple chances uh, today just to hit pause and have a conversation with those around you uh, around this topic of how God can be at work uh, through hardship, um, not only to work in us, but also to bring us closer to Him. And I think that's a really important conversation for us to be having with each other because it has been an undeniably hard couple of months. You know, for many of us, um, just that rise in fear and anxiety or the exhaustion caused by just never-ending uncertainty or even having some of the, the life-giving rhythms that were in our lives being stripped away, like, like that comes at a cost and it's had a toll on our lives. But we also want to recognise that this isn't exactly the first time that our race has faced hardship, is it? Nor is it the first time that most of us have had to work through something difficult or trying um, a hardship uh, in our own personal walk. To be human is to know struggle. And so in Jesus' words, as he's um, yeah, equipping his disciples to live after he leaves them, he says, uh, in this world, you will have trouble. It's one of the promises of scripture we don't put on coffee mugs and claim too quickly. In this world, we will have trouble. And yet Jesus says, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. And it's a reminder that in the good times and in the bad times, we are first and foremost a people of faith. We are people who trust in a, a loving God who is with us in whatever it is that we are facing. And part of what that means is it means that we see and that we experience and we face difficulties, hardships through the lens of faith and in relationship with God. And that makes all the difference. Uh, so my first discussion point for uh, your home church um, today uh, is, is that, uh, how do you see, experience and face hardship differently as a person of faith? Or to put it another way, 
What difference does your faith make in the way that you see, experience and face hardship? So I'll put that question on the screen as it comes up. Why don't you hit pause and just yeah, talk to the people around you for as short or as long as you like and then just hit play when you're ready to keep going. Great. How did you go? Uh, I really hope that you were able to come up with a whole bunch of ways that were really profound and significant, yet also very practical about the ways that your faith in God makes an incredible difference in the way that you face hardships in your life. I I know in my life, as as I look back and as I think through the ways that I've had to navigate difficult stuff in my life, faith truly does make a difference, a really, really positive difference, doesn't it? Which is not to say that people of faith are somehow immune to hardship taking a toll on our mental or emotional health, even our spiritual health sometimes, particularly when hardship is prolonged as we grapple with questions of why and and where are you in the midst of this God. But after every hard season, I, I look back and I always think to myself, I can't imagine going through that apart from the presence of God and my faith in him. And, you know, there's two images in the Bible that, that really resonate with me around this. And the first is an analogy that Jesus uses at the end of um, the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 7. Uh, it's about a man who builds his house on the rock. Uh, and speaking of firm foundations, uh, and the point of the parable is that you know, when we build our lives on Jesus and his words and putting them into practice, no matter what comes against us, no matter what storms of life uh, we experience, the wind and the waves um, and the rain, that our lives and our faith won't crumble down around us because we have a firm foundation, solid footing for the ways that we live uh, and we navigate life. Uh, And the second one comes from Hebrew chapter 6, which speaks of our hope in God as being an anchor for our souls. And it's a similar concept that, that, at the same, that, that whenever storms would come against us, the, the hard stuff in life, the pressures that we would face, you know, we won't drift off course or we won't find ourselves shipwrecked against the rocks because our anchor holds us in place. It holds us to where we, we want to be, uh, which is in relationship with God and in the center of his will for our lives. And taking together these, these two kind of, kind of images um, really equip us for whatever happens in our life. The idea is that no matter what happens, whether good or bad or anything in between, uh, we can hold to these unshakable truths and the, the promises of God in Scripture. That we can actually cling to the unshakable nature of God. And so I just want to say, however you've found the last couple of months, or, or whatever hardship you're going through right now, to encourage you to to hold fast to these unshaking truths and the unchanging nature of our God. That God sees you and he sees what you're going through. That he cares about you and he cares about what you're going through. That God is with you. He's promised to never leave or never forsake you no matter how dark the road seems to get or how hard the circumstances seem to get. But God is who he says he is. 
loving, kind, powerful, heavenly Father who longs to give his children good gifts. A God who is at work in all things for the good of those who love him. Do you believe that? Have you experienced that in your life so far? You know, I think our past testimonies of God working in and through hardships are some of the most powerful reminders in present hardships to cling to these truths and to look to the ways that God is at work. So I'm going to send you back into uh, some discussion in your home churches in lounge rooms all across Australia and the world um, with this question. Um, How have you seen God at work through a past hardship to deepen a work of transformation in you or to bring you closer to him? I'm going to pop that question uh, on the screen, same as last time. Uh, Hit pause and just share with the people around you. And can I really encourage you to share genuinely and deeply? And then press play when you're ready to keep going. Hey, thank you for participating in that and and sharing part of your story. I think testimonies are such an incredibly powerful way that we encourage each other and, and spur each other on in the faith. You know, in the passage that Grace read for us, uh, it paints a picture of hardship not just always being hard, but, but sometimes being an opportunity for transformation. That God is at work in hard stuff to do something in us that can actually bear positive fruit. And I'm not sure if you noticed, but it is written with the assumption that the readers already know this, that they've already experienced it for themselves. So it was Romans um, chapter 5, and Paul writes, uh, We glory in our sufferings because we know, we know that suffering produces perseverance. And perseverance produces character, and character leads us back to hope. Uh, There's a parallel passage in James chapter 1, which is almost identical, different authors. But James writes to the early church, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And you want to let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So both Romans 5 and and James 1 speak to a, a process that comes out of hard stuff that results in good stuff within us. That actually there is something about our character and the way that it shapes us and forms us and can transform us that is actually really good. It's not to say that we welcome the hardship or we would pray for it or we would seek it or that the hardship is from God, but that God is at work in the midst of the hard stuff to bring really good fruit out of it in our lives. When you understand this, hardship is not something simply to be survived or to be avoided at all cost. But hardship in the hands of a loving God becomes just yet another context for God's power to be displayed in our lives. And so as his people, as people of faith, 
as those who approach hardship through the lens of faith and in relationship with God, we actually want to look for the ways that God is at work, even in this season of coronavirus. We want to look for the ways that God is at work to bring a deeper transformation in us and a deepening experience of his goodness in our lives. Uh, You know, as uh, Christians, we love to celebrate the mountaintop experience. You know, that worship service where it's kind of like you went off or that that crazy time of prayer that we had, uh, maybe a short-term mission trip or that that youth group camp that we had way back in the day. Uh, And we look into the scriptures and we see people like Moses meeting in the the tent of meeting and and kind of coming out his face radiant because he'd been with God. Isaiah having that vision of God or... Elijah on Mount Carmel after they've seen this incredible victory and, and signs of God's power displayed against the prophets of Baal. Peter, James and John as they are up the mountain with Jesus as he's transfigured before their eyes. And we think, ah, the, the way to greater intimacy and deep inner transformation are these mountaintop highs, these experiences like this. And we're certainly not wrong. As as I look back over my life, I I can clearly identify some of these peak experiences having a profound impact on my uh, understanding of God, my passion for God, even even my sense of personal calling about how I am to live. And yet when I think about who I am today and the depth of my trust in God, it's often been the hard stuff. It's been the valleys dark nights that I really point to through which God has worked an incredible transformation in my life and in my relationship with him. Does does this make sense? It was the years with chronic illness, the stress of ministering amongst really unhealthy church politics, the pain of dealing with loss of life, or with friends who have walked away from their faith. It's been those times where I've had to face and deal with the consequences of my own failings or my own sinfulness, where some of the deepest work of God's renewal and transformation has come from. You know, I want to suggest that these hard times allow a deeper work of transformation that I'm just not sure is possible when life is cruisy and comfortable and and all under control. And it's not to say that I would have chosen those circumstances or those experiences to be my teachers, nor do I think that those circumstances were necessarily sent by God. Um, And I certainly wouldn't want to go through them again, but I can't deny the way that God has been at work even in those things, even in those moments for my good. The way he used hardship to refine me and make me more like Jesus and to have a far greater sense of his nearness and his goodness. You know, I think of uh, people in the scriptures and I, I think of Elijah, you know, that victory on Mount Carmel where the prophets of, Defal, prophets of Baal were, were defeated um, by Yahweh, his God. You know, I suspect for Elijah, he has a much greater sense of who God is on Mount Horeb when he runs and he flees 
into the wilderness and God passes by his cave in the form of a still small voice. Like I know Peter has an amazing moment with Jesus when he declares, you know, you are the Christ, you are the Messiah. Yet as I read the scriptures, I have a sense that there's a far greater work that happens in Peter and in his understanding of his relationship with Jesus uh, that happens on on the shore in John chapter 21 as he comes face to face with Jesus after denying him three times. So the past four months have been hard for most of us in, in many ways. And I've already asked you to have a discussion in your home churches around what difference faith makes in hard times and the ways that you've experienced God work in past hard times. So naturally the third and last question today is around the present. How might God be using the hard edges of this season to bring about renewal and transformation in your life and your faith? You spend some time Talk about that together now. Hey, really quickly, uh, just before I go, um, as this pandemic continues and we continue to be prevented from meeting together as normal, uh, we're going to try different things um, because we want to be faithful and we want to be fruitful as leaders of this church community. Uh, so let me know, did you like the more sort of led interactive format of today's message or do you prefer just a, a straight up message? Um, do reach out and let me know. Uh, we're here to serve and equip and uh, under God inspire you to live for Jesus in your everyday lives. So let us know how we can best do that. Um, but as we end, I just want to affirm once more Uh, For those who are finding life difficult right now, God is with you and God is for you. God is at work in your life to bring that transformation, even in the midst of hard stuff. So my prayer is that you just allow this next song to actually just minister to you. In whatever we face, because of the presence of our Saviour, it is well with our soul. Through it all, our eyes are on Him. Thank you, Sarah and Nicole, Merrily and Dave. Bless you heaps. Far be it from me to not 
Thanks, Nicole and Mustafa and Trav for your timely message. Yeah, hey, if you've started joining us online each week, we would love to hear from you. You can do that just by contacting us with the details below this video. And we just want to say again, thank you to everyone who partners with us in the gospel um, through your, your weekly offerings. We really, um, we really value that and we love seeing what God is doing at PBC. Look, to get the most out of the message today, we really want to encourage you at the end of the service to hit the pause button and um, and wrestle with the questions that Trav has written there for us. And um, it's just such a good way to not only hear God's word, but to make sure that we're applying it to our lives as well. So bless you. Have a good week. Bye. Thank you, Nicole, Mustafa, and Trav, for such a timely message at this um, time of the time. The time of the time. time. Sorry. Yeah, it is harder than Can I just say that's my first one? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Nicole, Trav, and Mustafa, for the, this message at this timely moment at present. <laughs> Why don't you just say everything and I'll just sit here and smile? <laughs> okay. All right, let's do it again. <laughs>